Welcome to Brit David Podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to join us for today's message from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 24. Today, Pastor Tim shares a message entitled, The Power of a Short-Term Mission Trip. In the timely fashion that only God can coordinate, Pastor Tim and a number of our Brit David people have just returned from a week-long mission trip, and we find ourselves in Luke 10, where Jesus sends his disciples out on a mission trip. So let's talk about the power of a short-term mission trip. Here's Pastor Tim. Churches there. So last Sunday morning, the 15 of us who uh, went on this trip from Britt David, and probably there were about 50, I think originally there were 55 that were going uh, association-wide. I think we had about 50, 51 maybe uh, that went total. Um, all, of, uh, all of them spread out on Sunday to different places uh, around the county, and we ended up at a Hispanic church, Ebenezer Baptist Church. And uh, besides our group and the people that were leading it, they had five adults that were there. And uh, those uh, others that were part of the family of the pastor and then the uh, minister of of music, which was his son-in-law, and then the daughter-slash-wife, and then they had two children uh, that were there also. And, uh, And they were very receptive to us. And I think the pastor was somewhat... Uh, surprised at our group and then us uh, being there and worshiping with him. Uh, we just we just joined right in in what they were doing and uh, he made his daughter get up and translate for us. Uh, whether it was praying or the preaching time, it was uh, that's always an interesting uh, piece to be able to go through. And so I'm hoping maybe that um, as these next couple of years go by, that we're able to do a little bit more with that church specifically. Because the only thing that we really got to do with that particular church was just go and worship with them on Sunday. During the week, um, Tommy and Carol and uh, Jim Morgan uh, f- fixed breakfast for everybody. And, uh, and that, was, that was great because it really set our day, day off right. Uh, we had, a, uh, we had a, a message from one of the pastors that was going uh, each different day. And then, uh, and then we got busy to work. For, for some groups, that wasn't a whole lot. You know, for our group, it was busy from the, from the get-go. We left immediately from breakfast and went out to our first uh, Backyard Bible Club, and we did three of those during the day. So from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, we did one Backyard Bible Club, and then from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, we did a second one, and then from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, we did a third one. And so we just tried to shove lunch and supper in there where we could, and, uh, and we, did, uh, we did find a a little cookie shop and a ice cream shop. You know, we were able to squeeze those in while we were there. Um, that, that, was, uh, that was a nice little treat for us. But the work was wonderful. The morning Backyard Bible Club was one that we had not done before, had not been there. It was a small area. There maybe were 50 homes uh, that were in that particular community, and they didn't have a lot of space. Uh, but yet it turned out really to kick the, kick the, the week off right. Um, I think that very first day there were 17 or 18 children that came from that, um, from that particular one. And then we had about that many in the second uh, Backyard Bible Club. And then we had a few more in that last Backyard Bible Club. 
Well, on Monday, uh, Buddy Lamb and Schomburg Road Church brought, you know, they do, they do block parties and they take them from place to place. And so on Monday evening, Monday evening they came and brought that. And, uh, and so we got to kind of kick that off and we saw 10 professions of faith. Uh, during that. And so we thought, man, this is, this is wonderful, you know. And then on Tuesday, uh, they came back to our, um, I think Tuesday was the morning group, and, and, the, and we saw another 10 come to faith in Christ. And then on Wednesday, we had our afternoon, uh, they were going to bring the block party back to the afternoon, and, uh, and and it started, the weather started in bad, you know, and they, he kept saying all day there were going to be thunderstorms, and, and uh, we saw some lightning and some thundering and a little bit of rain that began, and so uh, those that were in those leadership positions just said, let's, let's just call it quits for today, you know, because the lightning, you want to err on the side of safety, and uh, I wish we had just stayed, you know. The Lord split that um, uh, split that little storm sail. Part of it went south of us. Part of it went north of us. And uh, we could have stayed there and had another another really good day. So Wednesday afternoon, at least, was kind of a washout for us. Uh, but other than that, uh, the Lord really gave us really good weather. And so on Thursday, uh, we saw 28 kids saved. And let me tell you what we did. It was something that we'd never done before, and, um, and, and it was one of those, remember the old V8 commercials where they just, you know, oh, why didn't I think of that before? Ow, that kind of hurt. Anyway, um, uh, it, it was one of those kind of moments where we just decided, since we've got 15 of us, and there are about 20-something children that are here, let's just kind of break our group up. And, uh, and so some in our group took one child at a time, some took two, and some even took three. Uh, sometimes we were able to pair up adults uh, to go with maybe two children or three children. And so really it became a one-on-one sharing the gospel back and forth. And, um, and I think really that's what helped us see so many come to faith in Christ. So our group for the week got to see 48 people come to faith in Christ. That's good. Yep. And then as a whole, there were four others uh, from, the, uh, from the other churches and those other ministries. So there were 52 professions of faith during this week. Man, I wish we could see something like that in Columbus. Don't you? And, you know, and really, there's not really anything that we did there that we can't do here. You know? And uh, I just feel like that there's something that God wants us to do that we should be able to see those same kind of results. So one of the things I think that's really, really neat, and, and, and I guess I'd never get over, <laughs> it shouldn't be a surprise, but it kind of is a surprise. When you work your way verse by verse through a book, like we're doing with Luke, how those passages come at just the right time. For example, today we're in Luke chapter number 10. Guess what happens in Luke chapter number 10? Jesus sends his disciples 
on a mission trip and then they get to come back. And so it's so it's the it's almost like the perfect timing of this. And so we during our evening Bible studies after after that long day of work <clears throat> we would gather together just as our group and have a little bit more worship time and um, and then just study in the scriptures. And so we just dug into this chapter and tried to figure out what are what are some of the things that we can learn about our mission trip that Jesus tells his disciples about this mission trip. And so I want to share some of those things with you today. And I will go ahead and tell you that I have... Um, I have put a subliminal message for you into this message. Remember when you used to, they used to say if you took a record player and you turned it, played it backwards, it'd have some kind of message. We don't have to turn this one backwards, but there is a little message in here as you go. If you notice, do you have notes in your bulletin today? Nope, I didn't know if that would make it in there or not. Um, but you'll see it as those, um, those alliterated passages today. Each, one's, each one is two words, and one starts with a G, and the other starts with an O. G-O-G-O-G-O is go, go, go. That's what we need to do when it comes to mission trip. It doesn't spell Ben. It spells go, because there are going to be some more opportunities and opportunities for you to be able to go here, there, and other places as well. I hope you have your Bible. You'll turn with me to Luke chapter number 10, and let's talk about the power of a short-term mission trip. What is it that God might do, what he might be able to do? Because for sure there's going to be somebody somewhere along the way that's going to say, why y'all got to go all the way up there? You know, there's so many needs right here in Columbus. And it's not to dismiss that. There are great needs that are here in Columbus, and every day we are to be great commission Christians. But there is something special about getting away from your regular area, from your regular routine, from your regular responsibilities, when you can focus solely on the mission and the ministry that God's given to you at that particular time. There's something great about it, and if you have not been, then you have done yourself a disservice, and you certainly do need to go. So let's start this way. Number one, a short-term mission trip can be a, here it is, your first G.O., a genuine opportunity. A genuine opportunity. Look, if you will, in verse number 1 of Luke 10. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed. Don't miss that word. He appointed them. He didn't just say, hey, I got a volunteer sign-up sheet. Who wants to go? Instead, he appointed pointed them to go. He called them to go. And so it becomes a matter of obedience as they seize this opportunity that God's given to them. It says the Lord appointed 70 others also. Now, my New King James says 70. You may be reading from a translation that says 72. So we dug into that a little bit this week about why some say 70, why some say 72. Uh, let me just uh, bottom line it for you this way. It's okay. Whatever you, whatever you got, either one of those is okay. And whatever translation that you're, uh, what, that you're reading will be consistent, both Old Testament and New Testament, when it comes to that. But here's the issue. After these things... The Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face. Now, 
the word others that's in there. The word others tells me that this is a group of people that's not like another set of people. See, back in chapter number 9, at the very beginning of that chapter, God gathered the 12 together and sent them out similarly, sent them out with very similar instructions and told those 12 to go and he had given them power and authority to heal diseases and to preach the gospel. Now, here are 70 others also. In my opinion, I don't believe that the 12 are in this group of 70. I think the 12 are left out. Why is that important? It's important because sometimes we think that missions and ministry and those things, that's the job of the preacher. That's the job of the church staff. That's the job of somebody who has something special that's going on in their life. This is not a special group. This is just a group. This is just regular people with an opportunity to go and take the gospel to the world. A short-term mission trip offers the average person an opportunity to fulfill the Great Commission. And that's what they're doing here. So it's a genuine opportunity. Number two, I also want you to see that a short-term mission trip may be, I call it a Genesis operation. A Genesis operation. What I mean by that is it can be a catalyst for something else that God wants to do. It may be the very beginning point of some great work. Notice this at the end of verse number one. It says that he gathered up those 70, he appointed them, he broke them down into pairs, and it says he sent them before his face into every city and every place where he himself was about to go. Jesus is about to do a work in the city or in the place where two of these disciples are going to go and prepare the way. They're laying a foundation. They're doing preparatory work. But it's all for the sake that Jesus might come along and do something greater. So last year may have been just a preparation for us for this year. You know, this year, last year when we got there, they didn't know us. They, we didn't have any advertisement last year. We just showed up with tents and with games and with Bible stories and with some food, you know? And we said, y'all come, <laughs> you know? And, the, and, and they came. It was amazing the fact that parents would allow their children to go up there and spend time with people that they didn't even know, you know? This year, they were waiting for us. Sean ran into a group. I ran into the same group. And when we got there, and the, their eyes lit up immediately and just said, y'all are back. You know, we went to one, uh, we went to one of those mobile, home, mobile, home, uh, mobile homes, and, uh, and we recognized one of the little girls at the door. And they were so shocked, and they gave us those surprise looks. <gasps> you know, like this, like... <gasps> You're back. I recognize you kind of thing. And so um, one of the little girls whose name was Lucy, and you'll see her pictures in there, she grabbed the hand of one of our ladies and took her to the front of her mobile home. And right on the corner, 
she had her name tag from last year. You know, I mean, something so silly, but she had kept it and she remembered what that was all about. I think the 52 that were saved, or at least the 48 that were saved, were a direct result of the work that we did last year. So what, what in the world is God going to do next year? I don't know. I hope you go. I hope you G.O. and you come and find out. It is a Genesis operation. Jesus is about to do a great, great work. Number three, I want you to see that a short-term mission trip can grow obedience. It can grow obedience. Now, Jesus mentioned that there are a few. Look at verse number two. He said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So Jesus appointed them, but they have to act in obedience, don't they? Well, the short-term mission trip provides laborers with an opportunity to obey the Lord. Now, there's a ripened field out there that would not have had anybody work it if we didn't go. And you say, Tim, how, how do you know that? Because the churches are already there and they're not doing that. But it tells me this, that there are communities just like that right here in Columbus. And we need to be responsible to go and do that. Our eyes have been opened to an issue of obedience and we must go. Not just across the state, but across the street. And to be able to do ministry right there. When you say yes to Jesus, you are being obedient. When you, when you go on a mission trip that you have been appointed to, you are being obedient. When you do the work that he has sent you to do, no matter when, no matter where, you are being obedient. And this is one more opportunity to grow obedience in your own life. Not only is your obedience given a chance to grow but you also notice that the number of believers who are on mission is growing. It's growing. There are more laborers going out into the harvest. And by the way, then, it's not just the number of workers that are growing. It's the harvest that's growing too, isn't it? There are more and more and more. And we get to see that later on in just a few verses. All right, let's keep going. Number four. I think it's what we're on. Number four. A short-term mission trip can have great obstacles, can have great obstacles. I, I, don't, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. There are some difficulties in going on a short-term mission trip, you know? There really are. Uh, the, the, the souvenirs that we brought back were, were injury and illness. <laughs> that, that's what we brought back with us, not, uh, not necessarily big prizes or souvenirs that, that you can imagine. Instead, there were some real difficulties that we faced while we were there. There were some real difficulties that some of our people faced before they went, and, uh, and you just have to be prepared for that. But here's the issue. Even those with injury, even those with illness would still go back and do it again. No matter what the obstacle is, we find a way to do what we know that we've been called to do. Now, who sets those obstacles? I think sometimes the devil does. You know, I really do. I really do believe that we have an enemy. 
And we have an enemy who already had his hand in that community, does not want us to go there, and begins to put obstacles in front of people so they will not go. I can't afford to go. I can't take the time to go. I don't have the ability to go. I don't have the health to go. Whatever those excuses might be, he puts those things right there in front of us, doesn't he? Sometimes those obstacles, I think, are put there by the Lord to show us. Are we really going to be obedient? You know, is this, is this test of our faith one of those things that we really are going to pass? The disciples were going to face some obstacles, and Jesus knew it. And so in this passage, Jesus gives them a heads up. And he tells them, here are some things that you are likely to lose if you go on this mission trip. For example, look, if you will, in verse number 3. Jesus said, go your way. And he says this, behold, I send you out as lambs, Among wolves, you may lose your life. I mean, you might. You know, in uh, in the Great Commission, as it's recorded in the book of Acts, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Remember that? The word for witnesses is the word for martyrs. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my martyrs in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. We could very well lose our lives. We are lambs among wolves, and there's a real possibility of doing that. It's happened before, hasn't it? Look at verse number four. There's something else that you could lose. He said, carry neither money bag, sack, nor sandals, and don't greet anyone on the road. You could lose your security. We look to, we look to these things, money bags and sacks that are filled with, you know, we would say luggage, if you will, an extra pair of shoes, a shirt that's actually going to stay clean for the week. You know, we, we think about all those things, and we place our security in that stuff. Why does Jesus tell them not to carry those things? Because their trust is to be in Him, not in them. Their trust is to be in the blesser, not just in the blessings. Would you go on a short-term mission trip if you had nothing else to take with you? And the answer simply has to be yes. A short-term mission trip is a great opportunity to share the love of Christ with others in another community. We hope that you will prayerfully consider a short-term mission trip in your future. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.